With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My mother-in-law, she doesn't listen to podcasts. She doesn't listen to anyone. But you should listen to Wrecking Celtic, part of the Daily Wrecking Podcast Network. Subscribe to iTunes and Audio Boom. All right. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by Daily Records Craig Swan. On the podcast today and with big Joseph Simunovic out, has Celtic's failure to secure a centre-half come back to bite them? We review the 2-2 draw with Hibs on Saturday and ask if Celtic are the same team without Scott Brown. And as Neil Lennon continues to impress Hibs, we ask, is he destined to one day return to the Celtic Park hot seat? Also, turmoil at Bayern ahead of the big Champions League doubleheader. Can Celtic take advantage of a Ribéry-free, Neuer-free, managerless Bavarian club? So, Craig, back back to our first point there. Um, dreadful news for Celtic this morning. Just when Brendan Rodgers thought his defensive headache had dissipated, bang, out goes Joseph Simunovic for what could be six, eight weeks anyway. Yeah. Torn hamstring, that, that's a serious one, isn't it? Obviously, we'll have to wait until we get the definitive from, from Brendan and obviously Celtic's medical team. But if it is as a hamstring injury of this nature, as the Bosnians have described it usually is, you've got to be talking at least a month, which brings two Champions League ties with Bayern Munich, a League Cup semi-final with Hibs, a top-of-the-table game at Putaudry against Aberdeen. October's always a notoriously busy month. and I mean, Joseph Simunovic has had problems, but the timing of this, just as Dedrick Boyata got himself back fit and Brendan Rodgers finally was able to get his two first-choice central defenders together, this is just typical of how it's gone for Celtic defensively. I know what you're saying about the question... Of should he have added it's been debated since what the start of the Champions League qualifiers when, when Boyata was missing and I've kind of taken a stance all the way through that you don't just buy players on the basis of a couple of games or you know if the right ones they are fine if it's not if Simunovic and Boyata was his first pick then that's what he, that's what he was going to go with he obviously feels he's got enough backup that he didn't he wasn't desperate so but when these things happen, there's nothing you can do about it. There's just nothing you can do about it. He's got Eric Sviachenko coming back from injury, who may not be everyone's cup of tea and possibly not even the manager's cup of tea, but it's not bringing Naya Beaton into centre-half. So it is an international centre-back for another centre-back, albeit not as good a one. But no, it's desperate news. There's yeah. no doubt about that. There's no doubt Brendan Rodgers knew what he wanted in the summer. Um, the one thing you could say about those three first-choice centre Half says that they're all injury prone. I, I would say um, that is that is the stick to beat the manager with. If you, if you wanted to, that neither Simunovic nor Boyata nor Sviachenko have ever had a proper injury free run since they've been at Celtic at any point between them. So, so it, the, the knowledge was there that this could happen. Yeah. So that's but 
Listen, Brendan Rodgers has tended to get what he's wanted from the from the board at Celtic. If he really, really, really wanted one, and they'd already qualified for the Champions League, do you not think he would have got one? I think he would have. My, I, I spoke in a previous blog about this just before the window closed. These transfer windows work months in advance, six months in advance. Now, if he looked at Kutsia in South Africa. Now, what we don't know, what we try to find out as journalists, what we don't know is, Brendan might have a one he really wants that he knows is a free agent next year and is out, you know, six months ago on his contract in January. You wouldn't go and spend four or five million pounds on one if you know you can get one for the same price that you really want in January. These are the things we don't really know. It seems glaringly obvious, just go sign one. But that's not the way Celtic work, that's not how they run their practice. And if if Brendan has got one identified that he thinks he can get in January, then he wouldn't just rush out and get one just now. So there's factors like that that you need to also consider. It's not just quite as simple as, well, they should have gone and bought another set of half. There might be something else in the pipeline, you don't know. And of course, we're taking the Bosnians' word for this. Um, well, of course, yeah. Joseph sat out Saturday's draw with Hibs. Uh, so I'm sure at that point, Brendan Rodgers would have been well aware of what the problem was. We wait, I suppose, to find the definitive, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, definitive prognosis from yeah, of So moving on to the 2-2 draw with Hibs on Saturday. Um, didn't see the game, but I believe it was a, a, a rip-snorter of a match. Um, Celtic go in set without Scott Brown and Stuart Armstrong, as Scotland will do this week. Um, how big a miss for, for Celtic were those two on Saturday? Well, was? they're obviously going to be a big miss. The captain's always going to be a big miss. Even when Scott Brown's not playing well, he tends to get other players playing well around about him. He sets the tempo of the team when Celtic don't have the ball for going and hunting it back. Armstrong's got great energy. They're the two, you would argue, first pick. If you were going into a major game, you would say those two would probably be the first two midfield names in the team sheet. I would guess. And recent history's kind of told us that with, with Brendan Rodgers over the past year. So, to say they would be missed, that's obvious. It's... But Celtic, have a, it, was, it was quite an interesting. I know these changes were enforced. I know there was other changes made to the team. Sinclair missed out. Roberts missed out. I think Brendan Rodgers learned a lesson last year. If you, if you think last year, he was coming in, he not sure he really had the, the squad the way he wanted it. So he, he couldn't really trust the backup guys as much as I think he does now. Sinclair played almost every minute last year when he was available. He had a hamstring problem. I know. I think he missed six weeks running about the time yeah. of the Betfred Cup final. But whenever he was available, he played, and the majority of senior players did that. Now they must have played. What was it? Sixty games last season. He didn't play internationals. Other guys are playing internationals. We just listed the games there that Simunovic might miss. You you think the games that Celtic have played? You know the the, the tie at Dundee, the Old Firm game, the game in Brussels, Hibs. You have guys like Griffiths going away and play 180 minutes for their country. They come back to, it was a game with Dundee, it's Bayern Munich, it's a, a League Cup semi-final on a Saturday, Aberdeen at Putaudry on a Wednesday, another league game, Bayern Munich on the following Wednesday. They have to find a way to manage this. There's going to be days when he just can't pick his first choice. I think he'll change a lot this season, an awful lot. It's mental. And you will get days like this where teams will be able to take advantage of it. I yeah. don't, don't think Celtic will win the league by anywhere near the distance they won the league last year. Yeah. Because they will be prepared to sacrifice a result here and there, I think. I, th- I think it is. It must take an awful toll on the body, but mentally mm-hmm. as well, getting yourself up for the big games like that and the, the aftermath recovery. But the one guy that you probably would guess you'd get through it more than any is Scott Brown with, with his strength of character. But when Scott Brown is missing, we come back to the question of reinforcements here. 
Who, who is the ideal man at Celtic to go in and, and, and take his place? And, in Champ, for me, that's... So what's um, happened to Olivier in the Champ? I know he's only 21. Yeah. He's, he's not been there long, but it seems to have gone off the boil. I think you've just answered your own question. He's 21, he's in a new country. I mean, we have, we're a terrible tendency for this. In, in this country, we just jump on guys right away. You expect him. It takes time. If you remember, like, if you think back to the Champions League qualifiers last year and just before the first Old Firm game in September when Lee Griffiths was going to miss the Old Firm game, there were Celtic fans with their heads in the oven yeah. and they thought of no Lee Griffiths and Moussa Dembley's going to have to play up front. Dembley hadn't settled by then. He barely scored a goal. I know he scored the penalty in the qualifier, but he's outfield play. He never looked at it. That was good six weeks, two months before he eventually started to really shine. Yeah. And it can take players longer than that. So I wouldn't have any kids. I think the key for the Celtic fans is they've seen enough in the champ and know there's a player in there. Yeah. It now needs to come out in a consistent level and that's where you'll have the problem with age at 21. But there is a player and that's you're better than that than there'll be nothing there. Yeah. And consistently nothing there. <laughs> oh, well, well, on a very similar point, another player that folk could look at in that position is Abui Kouassi. Kouassi mm. Abui. He's just been so unlucky, he's just been so unlucky. I mean, whenever he gets himself fit, he seems to get injured again. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly when he's due back, maybe round about now, but he's another one that's maybe struggled to settle. I don't maybe not know the full story about that one at the moment. Whenever they ask him, Aja, he always says, good kid, works hard, good attitude, likes the place. But you never really know, do you? Unless you're Brendan, unless you're classy about it, you don't really know exactly how he's feeling. So. Big money signing, though. Well, I suppose at some point he's going to have to, to prove his worth, isn't he? He will, yeah. He will or he'll have to be moved on because mm. Celtic do have money, but it's not silly money that £3 million can just be discarded. Away, yeah. You know, if, if he's not going to cut it and then Cham steps in and already you know how the cycle of the transfers move, there'll already be one or two that Brendan will be looking at. Yeah. Maybe even... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say take your money back for him in January, but I think they're going to have to start seeing something soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, on a far more positive note, and this has been a constant throughout the season, Callum McGregor comes in with another brace, another two-goal show. It just seems to get better and better, doesn't it, as this season goes on. And at last, he's got the Scotland call-up to, to, to top it all off. What have you made of McGregor this season? The transformation in him? It's strange, actually, because he's probably started less games than what you thought he might have. I think I the way he finished last season and the way he performed sort of from January, I think the, the Celtic Rangers game at Ibrox and Hugman Amy was terrific. Uh-huh. And he played well all the way through the season and um but I don't think he started that many games this I think year. He's he's in the last month just right, yeah. I mean, the last five. He's a manager's dream because he'll never complain. He can play in about six positions and he's always available. That's the one thing about Callum McGregor. You speak about guys being injured. Cal McGregor's never injured. If, if you look back through the last, I don't know, well, since Brendan Rodgers is there, I don't actually remember Brendan Rodgers sitting at a press conference and saying, when you ask him, who's available, anybody out, Brendan, and he says, Cal has got this. I don't remember Cal McGregor being injured, yeah. which is worth its weight in gold for a coach. Any manager will tell you that. Um, so for that alone, his dependability makes him indispensable to the Celtic squad. And Callum's next step, I guess, is to become a first name in the team sheet for when it comes to the bigger games, but we discussed the amount of games Celtic will play. Callum will start 25, 30 games this season, probably featuring about 45. Yeah, That's plenty for most boys. i happy with that. Yeah. I mean, just as a wee sideshow here, Gordon Strachan, he must be tempted to throw him straight in against Slovakia, just in the run of form he's on. The argument is that 
John McGinn was in the squad before him, so therefore John McGinn should start in front of him. Well, what do you mean? That I don't buy that. I don't buy that either. I don't buy it at all. Something as far as I'm me. concerned, Cal McGregor plays at a higher level. Yep. Because he plays Champions League, he plays Cup Finals regularly. I'm a big fan of John McGinn. I think he's a terrific player and would not be surprised if he's sitting in the same club dressing room as Cal McGregor uh, a couple of years down the line or even a year down the line. But I think that. I think McGregor plays at I think McGregor plays at a higher level on a, on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Trains with better players every day. Plays with better players on a Saturday. I think you'd be more suited to going into that game. Yeah. Just my opinion. Yeah, no, it's an opinion I'd agree with. But funny you mention McGinn and Celtic there. Uh, he's a tenacious wee guy, isn't he? Mm. Needs to buzz about, get forward. There's no doubt in his ability. Two brilliant goals yeah. at the weekend. But is it what Celtic need? Still, still a raw diamond. At the moment, he's still a rough diamond, should I say. He's still very raw. Um, there's edges in his game that need to be sorted out. He gives the ball away at times. Not as composed on it as he could be. But again, it's a bit similar to the discussion about in Jam. You know, you can see that it's there. There is things to work with. Mm-hmm. You look at McGinn, he reminds you what Armstrong was like at Dundee United. You know, he could be stunning for two games out of four. He'd maybe no play as well in a couple. But that's what, that's what boys at these clubs do. Yeah. Maybe when they don't have to shine every single week, but there's definitely talent there. There's definitely his performance last Saturday was fantastic. At the start of the game, he sort of played in a more withdrawn role, and he was kind of in the same area of the pitch as Rodgers. And Rodgers had a brilliant start. And to be fair to Neil Lennon, he knew he wasn't getting anything out of John McGinn, and it, there was a sort of tactical change which freed McGinn up to go a bit further up the pitch. And from that moment on, then soon ever from sort of twenty minutes to eighty minutes, run, run the midfield. A fantastic game. And if you add goals to a performance like that, if you add goals to energy and ability, you've got a player, all right. Well, and if you add the Brendan Rodgers effect, him, you saw the effect he had on Stuart Armstrong. Well, that's the thing. You look it up some players. No, that I'm trying to sell Hibs players here. I've no Lennon running a taxi in a minute. Going clear, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, just starting with that game, Craig Gordon has really come through his sticky spell at the start of the season. It's so sort of mirror image of last season, wasn't it? Or a similar uh, scenario to last season. Sticky wee start, a couple of problems here and there, cross balls, maybe his distribution a bit. But the last three games, he's pulled off three world days. I mean, folk talking about Gordon Banks' save at the weekend, and I can yeah. see what they mean. It's yeah. absolute class, wasn't it? That's Back to his best. We're going to have this argument continually through the season because there are mistakes. There are mistakes in there. Craig doesn't like you to bring it up. But there are mistakes in there. It's happened on more than one occasion in the past couple of seasons. I know that Chris Sutton had a pop-up and then Craig wasn't too happy about it. But there are mistakes in there. What I thought was noticeable was, however, he's only played, I think, what was the last two... Well, if you think of the, if you think of the Rangers game and the Anderlecht game, two of the biggest games of the season, it's the first time he's played behind the first pick centre-halves. Yeah. And he got two clean sheets. Yeah. It was the same last season. And then it gets, the, the defence gets broken up again at the weekend and he loses two goals to John yeah. again. Now, there are certain mistakes, like, for instance, the cross at Hamilton that he comes flying out for, he doesn't get, that's really got nothing to do with a centre-half being on the pitch. But all these factors must be... They must combine. They must. Absolutely. A goalkeeper feels maybe a bit more at ease when he's got certain guys in front of him, which, when you're feeling at ease in a game, you perform better, maybe feels a wee bit more edgy when he thinks there's more traffic going to come his way I don't know there are mistakes in there would I say Craig Gordon's back to his best no because I don't think Craig Gordon's at an age where he's going to be at his best anymore I think Craig Gordon's best has been Aye. Uh, but 2006, if he can continue to be 85-90% Craig Gordon that'll be good enough that's not an issue for sales I wouldn't have thought so no, no. 
Uh, just last word on the game at the weekend, a, a wee penalty shout at the end when Scott Sinclair went down. Well, we didn't go down, that was the issue, wasn't it? A nah, wee cuddle through, was it Effie Ambrose? Yeah, we, we stood up, went shot yeah. away, missed it, and then... We always have this argument about you know players, I think there was one, was it Arsenal-West Brom the Wednesday before, with yeah, Jay Rodriguez right. in a similar situation, and yeah. you know the problem referees have got is if they want players to be honest... You're gonna have to give them decisions. They, they don't have to go down to get them. Yeah, you know, you, they, people can't have it both ways. But well, he listen, probably, probably thought he was going to bury the chance. So it, gave him the advantage. It was well, possibly. Listen, it's age old scenario. If you're a Celtic fan, it was a penalty. If you're a Hibs fan, it wasn't. Right. That's it. That's what makes football. So it's a penalty then, Craig. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Lennon, then Neil Lennon returns. Uh, probably got as close as anyone. Well, maybe Tommy Wright will disagree with that. As close as anyone did this season or in the last season and a bit to end in this remarkable run of Celtics where does he go with a Sibs team what, what should be his target this season that's a difficult one because at the start of the season I think they won their opening game against Partick and they won at Ibrox and there was a lot of talk of you know what it's like in this country yeah. oh Hibs can get second Hibs can get second and you have to remember they're the newly promoted team. I went there the following week and they got destroyed by Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. You're going to get inconsistent performances. I think if Hibs got in the top four this season, it would be a fantastic achievement in the first season back up. Um, because to suggest being second has been very disrespectful to what Derek McInnes has built with Aberdeen and the way he's signed. be disrespectful to Rangers to think that Hibs are just going to match beyond them into second or third. So I think if Hibs can get fourth, it would be a terrific platform for for Neil Lennon to go on and build it's interesting when you listen to Neil Lennon speak you hear him talking about that building something because I know there's already talk Brendan Rodgers was talking about oh, Neil might end up back in the English Premier League and people are talking about you know after that result again at Parkhead how he can say it to him because he was one of the few managers who played Celtic far up the pitch mm-hmm. a lot of managers don't have the you know what's to go and do that yeah. he went and he faced them up high up the pitch Asked questions of them, what Celtic usually do to other teams. They got the rewards, hustled Celtic out their stride, and then his players could play. They weren't trying to play 20 yards for their own goal, they were playing in Celtic's half, yeah. which which got them on the front foot. So he's got that about him. He's got this great mix of, he's got tactical awareness, but he's got that bit of steel, that bit as well. So he's got all the attributes. And as I say, he's talking about building something good for the future. Top four finishing and a chance to play in Europe next year. That'll give them the funds to go on and maybe strengthen again. And, I think they could be well up there fighting with Aberdeen and Hibs maybe next eh, sorry excuse me Aberdeen and Rangers next season but maybe asking them to do it this season is a bit much fin- a bit top 6 finish above Hearts possibly, oh, possibly a cup final everyone will be happy if they finish above Hearts like I say top 4 but yeah if they finish above Hearts that'll be a fin- that, that, that's a great great first time back as well still basking in the Scottish Cup of course that, been basking in that for 20 years three years or something <laughs> Let's hope there's no Hibs fans listening to this, but could you imagine Neil Lennon perhaps ever being back in filling Brendan Rodgers' shoes? I'm never saying never about yeah. anything in football, <laughs> but I would be surprised. Aye, seriously? Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Don't I th- go back. I th- yeah. Listen, Neil Lennon's a massive Celtic man, but what Neil Lennon did and taking him to the last 16 in the Champions League, there's no much more. There's nowhere else. You can, no manager at Celtic, if football stays in this financial way that it is just now, no Celtic manager is going to get to the last day of the Champions League. It's never going to happen. So he's done the equivalent to win the Champions League with Celtic nearly. Yeah. Why would you go back? Okay, though. Talking about the Champions League, then we're not too far off. The Champions League 
doublehead of Bayern Munich and if there's a club in turmoil it's, it's no longer underleft it seems to be Bayern what's the effect of having Celtic next in your Champions League fixture list Ribery is now out for oh, what are we talking here six months yeah he's the season Manuel Something Neuer like won't that. play again this calendar yeah. year uh, no manager players are arranging the training when the manager was in place what's happening at Bayern it's just this is <laughs> these things always tend to have a club in crisis there's always a club in crisis when they're playing against their teams <laughs> and I sat and I did the last Celtic podcast when I, when I spoke to Jamie um, and he was talking he was talking he thinks Bayern Munich are vulnerable and it's typical of Scottish football fans forget PSG forget Bayern Munich deal with Anderlecht <laughs> and get the third place I mean you talk about Bayern Munich missing Ribery and missing Neuer the Bayern Munich have probably spent something that needs a £600 million on their squad or something ridiculous <laughs> when you count wages it's no Celtic fans have to go and enjoy these two games the result in Anderlecht in Brussels, against Anderlecht in Brussels was fantastic because it's taken the heat right out of these two Bayern Munich games ah, even so. the game in Paris as well well again does that not set them up for maybe no in Germany but the Parkhead game one of those famous nights under the lights I know it's an old cliche which we keep hearing about and it's, ah. all, it's almost as old as the last time Celtic got one of those big results oh I know because if you actually go through the records of recent the home form is not rotten oh well what about it's not Germany it's not, it's not <laughs> rotten I'm just trying to keep a bit of realism on this Aye. because it's a natural thing Celtic going one and under like they did superbly well but that was their if, if you look at the Champions League now the Champions League now is two competitions in the group stages the teams generally you'll get one or two groups where the pot three teams pretty strong and they're a little bit unbalanced but generally the pot one two team and the pot the pot one team and the pot two team play each other to finish top of the group and the teams from pots three and four play each other for Europa League spot after Christmas that's that's how the groups are they're basically playoffs to decide who goes where Celtic's barometer in this year's competition was Anderlecht always was always was always was but and don't you just think a wee part of Brendan Rodgers will look at two home wins and they might sneak second place I'm sure I'm sure every coach thinks they can do it Bre- Brendan Rodgers is not going to sit there and think well that's us great we're in the Europa League he will plan to go and try and get something <sighs> to me it's just not realistic I'm sorry I hate to be a defeatist but it's just not realistic it's not and I'm the, the, the gulf between these top European teams now is just so huge yeah. the guys that they're bringing in they, they'll be bringing guys in that are worth 15-20 million quid I mean if everybody's not playing he'll come in and play in his place James Rodriguez who was the best player at the World Cup two years ago yeah I mean I'm finding it hard to I mean everybody talks about the guys at Bayern Munich are missing nobody's um, made the point that Scott Brown and Stuart Armstrong are missing which are Celtic's two best players Ah, they'll be back for that, surely. I don't know. I won't be back for the first game. Well, aye, okay, but I wasn't Sorry, I didn't even I, I, I know it's a Celtic <laughs> podcast and uh, they shouldn't be a prophet of doom, but I, th- I think it's important Celtic fans are realistic about this. Go and enjoy the two ties. Hope that there isn't another 5 0 in there because you don't want that. But if they lose a couple of games, and what? Go and enjoy the experience. And of course, who's to say that qualifying, if they do for the Europa League, wouldn't be a better thing than getting through the Champions League knockout stages anyway because should they get through to the last 32 is it of the Europa League I used to say they couldn't go on two or three rounds and have a right good go at it there's been a school of thought that for the level of country of Scotland or for the Dutch teams or for the Belgian teams or whatever that is the kind of path in Europe get the, get the Champions League riches get the, the glamour games and then afterwards go and have a shot at a competition you can do something in 
Um, and I think that would be tremendous for Celtic. I think it looks like they've got the third. Baron Anderlecht getting a freak result somewhere. Um, and if Celtic can go in with a full-strength squad in the last 32 of the Europa League, get a wee bit of break with the draw, you could be talking quarter-finals. It's, and I, I think that's the best way to go. I mean, yes, it's lovely to get to the last 16 in the Champions League, another £5 million in the bank. As what happened to the Juventus game and then go and get scudded over two legs, it's pretty pointless. Yeah. But if you get in the Europa League, I think they could have a go at that. I think if they got the right draw, they could have a right go at that. Craig, it sounds like a plan. Right, folks, that's all from us this week. We'll be back next Tuesday by 4pm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. I'm on Twitter at Doonhamer79. And Craig Swan is on Twitter at... Sorry? Doesn't entertain it. Isn't on Twitter. <laughs> just, just Twitter the paper. I'll see ya. <laughs> tw- tw- I put a first-class stamp Twitter on Fraser, it. I'll read them. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening.